Hey folks, my name is Jason Spies and I travel across these great states talking to small business owners, CEOs, policymakers, musicians and mentors about making money, giving back and balancing life. I find out how they prioritize professional and personal time while still making money. Yes indeed, our guests are real heavyweights in understanding business and life. So get ready to relax, learn a little bit, and get a cup of coffee ready because my name is Jason Spies and this is Coffee and Capitalism Radio. Sitting on a million, sitting on it every day. Can't make no money giving your stuff away. Why don't you do now? Like the millionaires do. Put your stuff on the market. You can make a million too. Welcome to Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation. Coffee and Capitalism brings you exclusive interviews and distinct content from leaders who drive our economy, from CEOs to small business owners to mentors. Coffee and Capitalism is a leader in innovation, ideas, and inspiration. Coffee and Capitalism is about making money and giving back, learning the fine art of balancing work and family life, and prioritizing your time. If you've got a student loan, a car loan, a mortgage, you have to cash flow your life. You are a small business. You yourself are a small business. So what we do here at Coffee and Capitalism is we talk about a variety of things, like how to live life and make money, all about that fine art of balancing. All right, on today's episode of Coffee and Capitalism Radio, we talk with Joe Danzi with the University of Oklahoma Energy Center College of Law about the UAS drone industry that is emerging across the United States, specifically through the energy sector, as well as some other, you know, main security type sectors. So good conversation with Joe Dancy a little bit later on here in the program. Justin Kringstead with the North Dakota Pipeline Authority gives us an update on the Bakken oil field, what's been going on up there. Robert Smith with NOV Process and Flow Technologies has a real interesting uh, sand trap uh, product that's uh, really taken off very well. And then Tony Waswick with Fully Loaded Wrestling. I love this interview. The guy owns a wrestling league, and he's trying to make it up in the upper Midwest. All right. Hey, man, it takes all kinds to make this economy work, so we're going to check in with the pro wrestlers. A little bit later on, the independent contractors and the training they go through and just kind of some of the money behind the scenes stuff when it comes to wrestling. Fantastic interview a little bit later on in the program with Tony Waswick. All right. My name is Jason Spies, and this is Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. Over the past few months, I've told you about how unbelievable Hatch coaching is. Don't just take my word for it. Listen to what Christy Huber President of the United Way of Cass Clay says about Hatch Coaching. I think it's a really exciting time for our young leaders today because um, leaders like Eric Hatch are changing the face of what it means to lead an organization or what it means to lead a brand. He's changing that. For many years, I think that the, the gold standard of leadership has been somebody who is very polished and has it all together or seemingly has it all together and throughout the years. Um, I think that we've Now, especially with technology and social media, we are drawn to what's real. 
To find out more about Hatch Coaching or to have Eric Hatch speak at your event or company, visit HatchCoaching.com. That's HatchCoaching.com. Or call 701-212-1572. That's 701-212-1572. Welcome back to Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. Up next, Joe Dancy with the University of Oklahoma Energy Center, College of Law. This is Joe Dancy with the University of Oklahoma Energy Center at the College of Law. Outstanding, and thank you for joining us today. And, of course, Joe Dancy, one of our expert guests that we have here on the program. And, you know, I wanted just to point this out because you're kind of a, a little bit of a different guest in terms of an expert uh, genre because, you know, so often we'll have an engineer on, and the engineer can only talk about a certain vertical part of the oil and gas industry or we'll have on, you know, some sort of uh, manager, and they can only talk about that specific product, and they can't get, or I'm sorry, project, and they can't get into too many other areas. You're one of those guests that can kind of talk about a, a lot of different things. Um, you kind of got your hands in a lot of different areas, and you speak at a number of different conferences to kind of back up your knowledge. And today we're going to be going into the world of UAS. So, um, my understanding is you just spoke recently on some UAS stuff. Talk to me a little bit about that speaking engagement and kind of the brief overview, if you wouldn't mind. Sure, I'll tell you what, Jason. The growers uh, in the oil field, well, you have technology in the oil field. There's always, you know, cutting edge. If you have technology and you can get a little advantage, uh, cut your costs, uh, you know, you go there. And uh, it's... An interesting development where, you know, who would have thought we're flying drones over, well, real estate. We would have used them all the time now in the real estate listings. But you go to an oil field, and there's a lot of uses, whether or not, for drones. That was what I talked with on. I've spoken to a couple of groups. Most recently, it was over at the business school here at the University of Oklahoma. They have a energy management program. And I talked to the students and showed them some drones for they show some Permian Basin. But, uh, you know, as an oil operator, there's a couple of neat things you can do with drones. Number one, uh, before you get on the property, because a lot of times the surface owner, it doesn't matter whether the surface owner is the state, the federal government, you know, the local farmer, uh, your neighbor, the surface owner, a lot of times, is in an adversary position, potentially, with the oil company because of spills, trucks, and everything. And so before you go on, or before or when you take over operations, for example, of a, of a well, one thing you can do is you can fly over with a drone and take video pictures. And quite frankly, I was shocked how, how good of a uh, video you can take from a drone at 100 or 200 feet up. And, uh, and then in the future, if you have a problem, if the circuit owner has a problem, or if you're a circuit owner and you have a problem with a oil company, you can pull out your drone footage and say, hey, look, this is what it was like, you know, last July. You know, look at it now. You know, you can pretty much designate or, or give a pretty good idea of, you know, is the company responsible or is the surface owner responsible? Sometimes the surface owner goes out and damages the property and then you know, tries to get the oil company to pay for it. And uh, it's an easy way. It's an easy way to document uh, the condition of the property and, Survey your pipelines and survey your electric lines. And, and uh, the other neat thing, if you're a 
larger company and have a refinery and you don't want to spend money and put people at risk, you can actually send drones up to do you know, little close-up inspections of equipment and refineries or flare stacks or uh, and you don't have to worry about you know, your employee safety. Uh, so it's really neat. You know, I tell you what, North Dakota is on the cutting edge of regulating stuff there. There's at least six um, drone-certified operators in the Oil and Gas Commission or the Natural Resource Commission up there. Uh, and they told me what they use it for is um, mainly to, recent as last winter, they used it to check on icing conditions and some... To listen to the full-length interview with Joe Danzi with the University of Oklahoma Energy Center College of Law or to listen to other Coffee and Capitalism features, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. Coffee and Capitalism Radio is part of the Crude Life Media Network, and we have a social media audience of over 350,000 through our social media sites. Why don't you check out thecrudelife.com, click on social media tabs, and see if you might want to become part of our social media empire, 350,000 followers strong. My name is Jason Spies, and this is Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard in the Crude Life Media Network. Peace, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Let's bring in Jason Spees, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Jason, what's your thought on this? My dad always listens to Jason Spees. No one does an interview like Jason Spees. Jason Spees is the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Love listening to Jason Spees on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. You know, I don't know what justifies being placed in history books, Jason, but in my book, it's in there. <laughs> this is a good thing. Is your boss watching this? Nothing. You need a raise. Welcome back to Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard in the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. Up next, Justin Kringstead with the North Dakota Pipeline Authority. Justin Kringstead, director of the North Dakota Pipeline Authority. All right, and uh, thank you for joining us here. Kind of looking to get an update and a year in review, if you will, kind of the end of the year thing here. Um, I know that a lot of annual meetings are going on, of course, at the Petroleum Council meeting. Kind of some big news came out about the future of the Bach, and we'll get to that in just a second, but... The last um, kind of director's cut, uh, my, my, my recollection is we have record highs in both crude oil and natural gas. Is that right? Correct. And so uh, this summer, as the industry worked its way through the, through the downturn and through the winter months and, and coming into the summertime, uh, we have seen production start rising not only for crude oil, but natural gas as well. Natural gas liquids associated with that. Um, so all three of those commodity streams are at all-time highs. And, and uh, from my perspective, having to look at the marketing of those products and, and how do those uh, commodities get to consumers around the, the U.S. So let's talk about that. I wanted to ask you about, you know, the, the record portion of it. You know, we're not talking, you know, oil prices are good, but they've been better. Are, are they shaving money at the rigs? You know what I mean? Saving money, I call it shaving money. Um, or is there, you know, more rail happening to take it away? I guess, is there anything that's kind of leading the charge for us to get a record production? Well, I've been a combination of a few things taking place. First, the, the price levels today um, are, are more than adequate to get 
uh, industry interested in, in not only the core portion of the Bakken, but now working their way outside of that core. And so during the downturn, everyone saw uh, the industry condense. Uh, rigs were, were laid down, and, but the remaining rigs were all concentrated in that core area of the play. Um, as prices started to return to uh, higher levels that we've seen here in 2018, the industry not only continued to stay very, very active in that core area, but as well uh, moved outside of the core. So we're seeing more activity in, say, in Williams County, uh, northern Montreal County, uh, and, and areas that hadn't seen much interest for several years. And along with the pricing, the, the second major factor that led to North Dakota being the position it's in is the, the technology changes. Um, I can't emphasize that enough uh, to your listeners that the technology that, that's been developed over the last several years continues to um, astound just about everyone. Uh, these wells that are getting drilled today are, are significantly better than they were, say, five years or, or more ago. And so it, it takes less well completions to have uh, quicker rates of, of production growth in, in the area. And so all those things coming together uh, are leading to what's expected to be continued growth for, for many years. Well, I think that technology side is really exciting. You know, I mean, it brings in a whole new world of refracts and the more, what, what are we at, about a 10% of uh, understanding of the Bakken? Is that the number I saw last time? Well, a more consistent number now is typically about 12 to 15% is, is what the industry believes that they can uh, capture with today's technology. Uh, okay. The tighter well spacing and the better well completions. Um, 12 to 15 is a pretty fair number today, whereas you, several years ago, just the single digits of percentages and 5% or less were some of the earlier beliefs um, when this play really got going almost 10 years ago. Well, it's really exciting, too, because it adds a new layer of uh, job opportunity for those uh, kind of the white-collar jobs, if you will, to figure out that technology to make it so it's more efficient in order to do the fracking and um, it's exciting. If, for me, it is. I don't know. I, I, th I think it's pretty cool. I, the oil and gas industry really excites me. But um, talk to me about how they're getting it away from the wells now. You know, we've got pipeline. We've got rail. We have trucks. I tell you, I was in Fargo the other day and had to wait at a, at a train, train uh, light for about 20 minutes because it looked like they're at max capacity now for a lot of the crude oil um BNSF tankers. So, are are we seeing a pretty good increase in rail? Or I, I'm sure the pipelines are max. They've been max for a while. Yeah. So, so getting that. So, if we talk just crude oil now and, and how that's getting the market, and so um, the, the oil that's being produced, majority is still leaving the region by pipeline. When we look at just a pure market share, you know, about seventy-one percent is moving out by pipe. Uh, the remainder is either being refined locally, which is a much smaller percentage, around 5 or 6%, and then uh, roughly a fifth or 20% is is going out on the rail cars. And so um, while the percentages have been increasing, uh, along with that, the, the volumes have been increasing. So uh, nowhere near the peak amount of, of rail traffic for crew by rail that we saw, say, back in the 2013-2014 type of time frame when and at its peak, North Dakota was moving over 800,000 uh, barrels of oil per day by rail car. Those numbers are much smaller today, but they are growing. And so now estimates are right around 275,000 uh, some odd barrels per month leaving by rail car. 
Um, and that number is expected to continue uh, to grow. Uh, one of the, the more immediate challenges for the industry right now on crude oil is that my expectations are that by early next year, uh, the production levels uh, within the, the U.S. portion of the Williston Basin will exceed pipeline capacity again. And so the, the industry will, is today electively using uh, crude by rail because uh, there's some market advantages to doing so. Um, but very soon, the industry will move out of that elective scenario into uh, market forces uh, driving any excess production onto the rail networks. Uh, we'll transition into natural gas because uh, I, I saw quite a few articles on One Oak and the investment they're putting into the pipeline and I guess ga uh, g gas gathering, if you will. Uh, where, where are we at with the natural gas in terms of you know shipping it to market? Yeah, so natural gas has, has a number of, of challenges associated with it. And so uh, for folks that aren't familiar with the natural gas from the Bakken and Three Forks system comes up with the crude oil. So it's produced together. It's not something that the industry can, they can't produce the crude oil without the natural gas. And so that natural gas, as it comes up, needs to be handled appropriately and marketed um, in the most efficient manner. And so in North Dakota, Everyone's familiar with the challenges that the industry has had with gas capture and making sure that as much of that gas goes into the sale pipelines as opposed to the flare pits. Um, when we look at what was taking place this summer, uh, about 18% of the gas was being flared in the month of, of July, which is the most recent we have. And so the root causes for that flaring is several things have to be in place in order to have a complete gas capture system. The gas gathering, so the small network of pipelines out in the field themselves, those have to be adequately sized um, and in the right location. And they, their job is to move that gas from the wellhead to one of the processing facilities in the state. And so the next phase that, that needs to be in place is having adequate plant capacity. So, um, having the facilities that can take that natural gas in its raw form from the from the wellheads, clean it up into the various components that you and I use as consumers. And then the third phase is the long-haul transmission. So moving either the dry, the methane gas to communities like Bismarck, Fargo, Minot, um, or moving the natural gas liquids from those gas plants, the propanes, butanes, um, those other commodity streams. And so right now, the most pressing issue in North Dakota is on the localized, the gathering infrastructure and the processing infrastructure. And so some of the industry reactions to that, uh, there are eight projects over the next roughly year and a half that are, are scheduled to, to come online uh, that will add about 1.1 billion cubic feet of additional gas processing plant and gathering capacity in the region. So. Uh, it's it's been a challenging uh, number of months as the industry has ramped up here this summer. Uh, some relief will start coming into play, hopefully within the next uh, several weeks, as one of the first plants is scheduled to come online. Uh, when we look at all that investment from a dollar perspective, uh, roughly about 1.7 billion dollars just on gathering and processing uh, slated to come online here in the next year and a half. So. Uh, substantial reaction from the industry to, to, to help address this challenge. Again, it, it's something that has always been challenging for North Dakota. 
to listen to the full-length interview with Justin Kringstead with the North Dakota Pipeline Authority or to listen to other Coffee and Capitalism features, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. My name is Jason Spies, and this is Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. The music on today's program is written and performed by the Moody River Band. For more information on the Moody River Band, their links, and their music, Visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com and click on the musicians tab. This is the Moody River Band. I'm walking, I'm talking, I'm smoking, I'm joking with the people that I know. Over the past few months, I've told you about how unbelievable hatch coaching is. Don't just take my word for it. Listen to what Christy Huber, president of the United Way of Cass Clay, says about hatch coaching. I think it's a really exciting time for our young leaders today because um, leaders like Eric Hatch are changing the face of what it means to lead an organization or what it means to lead a brand. He's changing that. For many years, I think that the, the gold standard of leadership has been somebody who is very polished and has it all together or seemingly has it all together and throughout the years. Um, I think that we've now, especially with technology and social media, We are drawn to what's real. To find out more about Hatch Coaching or to have Eric Hatch speak at your event or company, visit HatchCoaching.com. That's HatchCoaching.com. Or call 701-212-1572. That's 701-212-1572. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Jason, what's your thought on this? My dad always listens to Jason Spies. No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Jason Spies is the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. You know, I don't know what justifies being placed in history books, Jason, but in my book, it's in there. <laughs> this is a good thing. Is your boss watching this? Nothing. You need a raise. Back to Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. Up next, Robert Smith with NOV Process and Flow Technologies. It's Robert Smith, and I'm with NOV Completion and Production with Wellspring Processing. Well, explain that a little bit. I, I didn't even get a chance to write the whole thing down, and uh, go ahead, man. <laughs> NOV has many, has three different segments that have many different visions under those. Uh, NOV basically provides just about any product for the oil and gas industry and a lot outside of the oil and gas industry, in fact. But luckily, they only give us a few items to deal with, so it makes it a lot easier for us. Uh, What we do in the wellspring processing, we mainly handle, my small group, we mainly handle saltwater disposal equipment, and we handle uh, sand traps. The main thing we handle, which salt water and sand are really big issues in the Permian and all of the other basins, in fact, right now. So it's a good business to be in, a good place to be in. You know, I just got off the phone with a uh, CEO of a company, and that was one of the things he mentioned was that uh, the frac sand crews and even the frac sand 
Um, we're starting to turn some heads in terms of trying, you know, supply and demand. We'll just call it that. You know, there seems to be not, not, not a hiccup or not a disruptor or anything, but there's a lot more attention being paid to that. Is, is, that, is that a fair way to state it? Absolutely. It's, it's definitely a, a possible bottleneck. Uh, the availability of sand and the ability to dispose of your water. And one thing we really dig into it, in my division at NOV is we, we handle saltwater disposal facilities. And we can do anything from provide a single component for that saltwater disposal facility up to a turnkey facility. And that's really big right now. There's, there's some really aggressive drilling plans in the Permian. I mean, we see rigs right now. There's, what, almost 500 rigs in the Permian. But it's, it's hard to believe what some of these companies are telling me right now where they want to be in, in a few years, how many more rigs they want, how many more wells they want to be drilling. It's, it's uh, a great place to be and a great time to be here. You use the term aggressive. Um, that obviously means uh, um, a very um, rapid acceleration in, in the terms of business. Um, what, what do you see as a way to satisfy that term aggressive, you know, business-wise? The oil companies really having to get aggressive to get uh, their, their equipment they need. Like I said, there's a shortage of sand. There's shortages of uh, places to dispose of water. Uh, a lot of the water now is being recycled and reused. Uh, a lot of this water that they're, they're pumping down hole for the uh, fracks, it's going to come back. So they've got to do something with that water. And what they really like to do is be able to reuse it all. It's just really hard to do because it takes so much storage. Uh, so that's mainly where we're we're uh, focusing our energies on saltwater disposal, and when that water comes back, you're also going to get a lot of sand coming back with that. If you just let that sand go to your production equipment, which is there for the lifetime of the well, it's going to cause a lot of destruction on that equipment. We have a lot of sand uh, handling capabilities that uh, a lot of customers are really interested in right now, and. Uh, we're really seeing a lot of things, you know, since this started, a lot of things are really coming to the, the top of the water, and they're really seeing what's going on. How does that work when that comes back? I mean, you know, you don't have to get into the exact science of it, but you're right. You've got that salt water and sand that comes back together. Um, what's the next steps on that? Well, like I say, you've got to, you've got to uh, keep that sand from going into your production equipment. So what they do there is they'll use a sand trap. And we have a, a 48-inch ID, 5,000-pound sand trap that's been really popular with a lot of the uh, producers here and a lot of the uh, flowback companies. It allows you to hold a lot of sand uh, and keep that sand from going into your production equipment. And the water, like I say, it's just got to be reused or put down a disposal well. And a lot of disposal wells going to have to be drilled. There's a, uh, with this aggressive drilling schedule for these companies, they're going to have to have a lot of disposal wells. Right now, we've got a lot of commercial uh, saltwater disposal companies coming in. These guys are really laying a lot of pipelines, building a lot of infrastructure for uh, saltwater as well. Robert Smith, NOV Completions in Production. I, I wrote down uh, the sand trap because I could see where that's probably, you know, that's the undersung, unsung hero in this whole thing. You're right. I mean, it, there. I, I did so many stories on the different size of of frack sand and the different shape and all these different things to where I could see where that sand trap's got to be a pretty high quality thing in order to keep the rest moving, huh? 
it really is, and they're going to a smaller and smaller mesh on the sand, so it's uh, they really got to look at some new ways of handling the smaller sand. That the way they were doing it two or three years ago is not working. That sand's just going right on through. So, uh, yeah, they've got to look at new ways of doing things. Well, and that's what I was thinking going, you know, the, the world of frac sand became so innovative I could see where that has a direct impact to what you do because your sand, you know, something as simple as the sand trap has to be innovative as well. So uh, talk to me a little bit about the innovation within your entire, um, you know, your, your entire sector within the oil and gas from the sand traps. Are you seeing other things that have become more innovative? Yeah, a little. You know, most of this stuff is, uh, excuse me, same as it was when I started this business in uh 91 uh, very few changes uh, a lot of it's actually I saw that it's uh, I saw some really high technology in, in a lot of the older equipment I used to work on and it seemed like there was a time in between then and now to where a lot of the vessels kind of got away from all the technology and now I think we're seeing a turn to go back to some of that technology uh, they're seeing how important it was and it's really solving some of the problems they've got today and what, what we're also seeing is uh, a lot of the producers, like I say there, they've got really aggressive drilling plans and uh, they need somebody to build production equipment and actually a lot of them have called on us to produce that equipment. And we we bought a new shop in, uh, excuse me, the Oklahoma City area. What are you seeing overall, just the overall activity outside of your business? Uh, you guys deal with a lot of people throughout the day, obviously. You know, the oil and gas industry, I like to say, is everybody from the CEOs to the truck drivers to the cafe owners and everybody in between. What kind of uh, sure. things are you hearing out there? Uh, you know, everybody's busy. Everybody's looking for help. Uh, it's, it's really hard to find good help here. Uh, you go around town, every every restaurant or Store you go into has got help wanted signs. Uh, a lot of jobs out here, and this, you know, I think the, I'm hearing a lot from the frat companies, rig companies, such as that. They just need more and more people. More and more people is going to be more and more equipment as well. So uh, it's, it's, I think we've seen a little bottleneck. You know, it, it, there's always a chance for a bottleneck. When something's growing as fast as this industry is in this area, you're going to see bottlenecks. Uh, anything that we uh, forgot, anything you want to reiterate, I'd like to give guests the final words so that way the question isn't framed by me. But uh, go ahead, sir. The floor is yours. No, Jason, I appreciate your time, and uh be happy to talk to you at any time. But uh, it's, a, it's a really busy time here. Like I said, we've got almost 500 rigs in the Permian right now, and uh, it's a great place to be and some great people in this area for sure. To listen to the full-length interview with Robert Smith with NOV Process and Flow Technologies or to listen to other Coffee and Capitalism features, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. Coffee and Capitalism Radio is part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter. All of those social media links can be found at thecrudelife.com and click on the social media tab. And I invite you folks to become one of our 350,000 followers. That's, that's right. We've got a multiple social media sites and we have 350,000 social media followers so I invite you to go to our social media tab at thecrudelife.com and check it out. That's thecrudelife.com My name is Jason Spies and this is Coffee and Capitalism Radio heard on the Crude Life Media Network. You got your mind blown Mind blown Your mind blown I'll show you something that's never been shown Your mind Blown, your mind blown, and that's all you need to know. 
music on today's program is written and performed by the Moody River Band. For more information on the Moody River Band, their links, and their music, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com and click on the Musicians tab. This is the Moody River Band. Over the past few months, I've told you about how unbelievable hatch coaching is. Well, don't just take my word for it. Listen to what Greg Tavine of Emerging Prairies has to say about hatch coaching. Yeah, I mean, this guy gets people laughing. He gets people thinking. He, he's somebody that challenges and inspires. And, and what I think is so beautiful about Eric is he's real. I think the number one thing that I look for in speakers when we bring them into our platforms is that they're that person 365 days a year. Eric is not just a speaker on a stage. That's, that's who he is at the grocery store. That's who he is when he's at the mall. Uh, but, but Eric is somebody that lives his values each and every day. And I, I think we can all respect that. To find out more about Hatch Coaching or to have Eric Hatch speak at your event or company, visit HatchCoaching.com. That's HatchCoaching.com. Or call 701-212-1572. That's 701-212-1572. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Jason, what's your thoughts on this? My dad always listens to Jason Spies. No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Jason Spies is the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. You know, I don't know what justifies being placed in history books, Jason, but in my book, it's in there. <laughs> this is a good thing. Is your boss watching this? Nothing. You need a raise. Hey, folks, I want to take a quick second to tell you just in time for summer, the Crude Life t-shirts are now on shale. Three different designs available. Show your support for the industry and become an energy enthusiast by living the crude life. Visit thecrudelife.com and click on the t-shirts now on shale. That's the Crude Life t-shirts now on shale. Meridian Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet. The Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. MeridianEnergyGroupInc.com. Welcome back to Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. Up next, Tony Waswick with Fully Loaded Wrestling. Tony Wadwick, Fully Loaded Wrestling. Fully Loaded Wrestling. Now, where are you guys out of? Uh, currently based out of my home in Carpio, uh, middle of nowhere, really. Uh, what, what state is that? North Dakota. Uh, Tony Waswick, Fully Loaded Wrestling. And uh, how, how many states do you guys travel around? I know that uh, unless you're like the world wrestling entertainment, uh, it's it's pretty hard to be a national wrestling organization. Unless you guys are. I imagine you guys are regional. Is that correct? have done a show in Devil, or not Devil Lake, Detroit Lakes, Minnesota, but pretty much North Dakota company. We do have ambitions of growing outside of the state. It's just going to take some time. And if you guys are primarily uh, building an audience in North Dakota, uh, are, are your wrestlers, are, are they from North Dakota? Are they from the area? Just talk to me a little bit about uh, some of the guys that uh, wrestle for you. Um, most of our talent comes from kind of all over. We have a lot of guys from Minot and Fargo, that area. A couple guys from like Beulah, Grand Forks. And then we bring in guys from Minnesota, Canada, people that have trained all over the world. 
um, California, Las Vegas, some East Coast guys. What kind of venues are you guys uh, performing at these days? I mean, I've seen everything from street fairs to to armories to bars to you know youth centers, high school gyms. I guess I've seen a lot of them too. So, um, just generally, what type of uh, a venue do you guys have? Well, we're pretty much open to anything you just mentioned, but generally what we run in, in like Minot, we run at the Vegas Motel there. We've got an excellent atrium area that works really well for our shows. And then in Fargo, we run in the Southwest Youth Hockey Arena. Okay, I'm familiar with the Southwest Hockey Arena. The atrium kind of made me think of the Mall of America a little bit when uh, uh, Eric Bischoff, formerly of AWA, then with WCW, his first Nitro when it went live was from uh, Mall of America, and he did that on purpose, was to have the natural uh, built-in audience that the mall brings in. I thought that's kind of a neat little sidebar. But talk to me about that atrium a little bit. Does it give it that uh, kind of that, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, tall ceilings, natural light. What what, what type of uh, venue is the atrium? Yeah, it's tall ceilings. I think they're like 35 or 45 feet high. Um, there's three levels in that atrium, so there's actually rooms on the uh, west side of the atrium on three levels, the floor and two balconies. We, you know, have the rooms set up for the event usually right there. And then um, also seating on that balcony. So it gives us a really unique look and feel to the show. A lot of places, especially in the Midwest, don't, like a lot of other independent wrestling companies don't have a venue like that. So when we do our, our TV product that we do in, the, in that venue, we stand out from the crowd that way. That's kind of neat. I, I've never really seen anything like that outside of, you know, like a music type venue. I mean, I, I'm picturing like these uh, poolside rooms or these atrium side rooms where guests can, can watch the show. Is that, is, am I hearing that right? Yeah, that's pretty much it. And we're actually not far from the pool in the motel there either. It's, you know, I think it's less than 50 feet away from the ring. So sometimes the action kind of spills over into the water and, you know, just, uh, oh. Kind of helps keep the whole thing a little more unique than some others. Yeah, if you look at the website, fullyloadedwrestling.com, there's an event calendar on there. The next one is in Fargo at the Southwest Youth Hockey Arena, uh, September 22nd and 23rd. That's going to be a pretty big show. I've got some live music opening the show up with some local Fargo acts and some pretty big things happening as far as the event itself goes. And then um, October, November, and December, we're going to be in Minot each month. Uh, look on the calendar for those. December is actually October is one of our flagship events. We call this uh, Pick Your Spot Title Shot. Kind of a big deal ladder match that we put together. To listen to the full length interview with Tony Waswick with Fully Loaded Wrestling or to listen to other Coffee and Capitalism features, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. Coffee and Capitalism Radio is part of the Crude Life Media Network and their social media. 350,000 followers. So check us out at thecrudelife.com. Click on the social media tabs and you'll see all of our social media sites. And please feel free to like our social media sites and become one of our 350,000 followers here at the Crude Life Media Network, Coffee and Capitalism, and our other programming that we do through the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and this is Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard in the Crude Life Media Network.
Giving your stuff away, why don't you do now? Like the millionaires do. Put your stuff on the market, you can make a million too. Minnie's a crooked woman, diamonds on every hand. Tricking mother for you everywhere she lands, why don't you do now? Like the millionaires do Put your stuff on the market or You can make a million too Jack will not jump over the candlestick. Why don't you do now? Like the millionaires do. Put your stuff on the market. You can make a million too. And that concludes this week's episode of Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. For a full list of today's guest and interview, visit our website, thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. We'll be back next week on this radio station at this time. For a full list of our radio affiliates and other media partners, please visit our website, thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. My name is Jason Spies, and from the staff here at Coffee and Capitalism Radio, we're asking you to be happy, make money, and give back. Thanks for joining us this week, folks. Sign on our front porch saying, hot stuff will say, why don't you do now? Like the millionaires do. Put your stuff on the market. You can make a million, too. Meridian Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. MeridianEnergyGroupInc.com. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Jason, what's your thought on this? My dad always listens to Jason Spies. No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Jason Spies is the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. You know, I don't know what justifies being placed in history books, Jason, but in my book, it's in there. (laughs) This is a good thing. Is your boss watching this? You need a raise. 
Hey folks, I want to take a quick second to tell you just in time for summer, the Crude Life t-shirts are now on shale. Three different designs available. Show your support for the industry and become an energy enthusiast by living the crude life. Visit thecrudelife.com and click on the t-shirts now on shale. That's the Crude Life t-shirts now on shale.